Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, all of you Prevention 365. Prevention is everyday and every way listeners. Last week, Nolan Shahid, world-class athlete and studio jazz musician, talked to us about his history in the world of music as well as being an avid runner up until today, well into his 70s. He's still running those tracks and hitting it hard. I was so impressed by his history of having worked with Aretha Franklin and that being his first gig. Just imagining that really blew my mind. Let's sit back and hear more of his story. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned for his story he shares about Marvin Gaye and himself in the studio. Let's take a listen. I want to say one other thing. This is my Marvin Gaye story. I'm only telling this. I'm only telling you this story. I've never told it to to hardly anybody before. I'm only telling you this because I really appreciate the program that you were representing, and I really appreciate that because I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends who uh, have been in the situation. As I said before, I have never been uh, high in my life off of anything, not even weed. I was Marvin Gaye's musical director. I was very close to Marvin, very close. I was very, very young. And uh, and every day, I want to say this to you, I don't tell the story because I don't want to make Marvin seem um, bad and people don't understand. Right. But, but Marvin Gaye, uh, was immersed in something that he could not control. He could not get himself out of. Yeah. And uh, every day he was uh, doing something. And he knew I didn't do anything. So it was almost like a joke. Every mm. day I would see Martin Day, every day and he would see me, he said, as he was doing his stuff, hey, no, you want a little toot? Oh, I forgot, you don't toot. And then he would toot. And he said, hey, Norman, want a little blow? Oh, I forgot, you don't blow. And he would do his blow. I mean, this happened every day, every day, every day. Sure. One day, sure. we were in his studio. And Marvin uh, uh, was doing the same old thing. It was like a joke. He said, hey, Norman, you want a little too? Oh, I forgot, you don't too. Then his face dropped. His face dropped. And he came real close to me. I thought he was trying to kiss me. He got that close. His eyeballs wow. were close to my eyes. His eyeballs were about two inches away from my eyes. He said, hey man, don't ever start. Wow. And I looked in his eyes and I saw that Marvin was trapped. He was trapped in something that he knew he could never get out of. First of all, a lot of people get out because they hit rock bottom and they have to steal from their mother's purse. He was never going to hit rock bottom because he always had hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in every few months. He was never going to get caught holding up a liquor store or anything because he had people bringing him stuff. He had the best stuff, uncut stuff. He had friends that were all doing it, but he was trapped because he didn't want to do it, but he was trapped in it. And near the end of his life, 
he wanted to go and he couldn't enter himself. So he did it the best way he could. He got someone else to do it for him. So that is my story. And that's the way, that's the reason I'm almost in tears. But that's the reason why I've never done anything because this man saved my life and he respected me because he loved me, you know, and he got me to be uh, the man that I am now and in the position that I am in now. So if you haven't done anything, don't start. If you have done something, it's not the end of the world, man. It's not the end of the world. You can, you can, you can, you can beat this. You just have to be strong and you can do it. Wow, Nolan, thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's, um, it really touches my heart. I'm trying to keep my professional podcast host face together, and it's not that easy because um, alcoholism, drugs, um, they touch, we talked about this, there's no discrimination. Right. There's no discrimination. And there's another element, especially with, you know, legalization of marijuana, a lot of our listeners and viewers can relate to this, maybe get a little mad, but you know, that's what this is about. Um, but many think that that is not a drug. And I have seen some of the closest um, really change. And um, the, the pain is unexplainable. And, um, but to hear you say that uh, how, how Marvin Gaye may he rest in eternal peace how he loved you, Nolan, how he almost guided you through his own torment uh, really, really um, hits me deeply. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that you shared that story with me and then with the viewers this is going around the world. This is locked forever. So that is a very important and, again, a sacred story, um, quite possibly some, but very few may know about. And especially from, from your experience, your vantage point, uh, very few, like you said, this was the, the first time that you've shared it. Nolan, thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's so powerful, not again for only, you know, our, I hope our broad reader, uh, listenership and readership and viewers, but especially for our clients. Um, I've been with ADAP for, this is gonna be my 20th year and there's a reason uh, many reasons that I've stayed on. And one of them, of course, is helping to give all of our clients, both young and old, um, the hope and the belief of second chances, sometimes third, sometimes fourth chances in life. That's not for anyone to judge, but we're here to help and to support each other, just like uh, the late and beautiful and loving Marvin Gaye, Nolan did for you and so many, so many good thoughts for him, um, you know, that we have you today here with us to share uh, these really very important messages and lessons in this life. Nolan, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I, I want to ask you also, what portions, Nolan, of your background do you think uh, may be relatable and maybe helpful for the client population we serve. Maybe we've touched upon this, but is there is there anything more that you know you could you could share with them? You've given such great advice here and and guidance in your own life experience. Opened yourself up, but is is there anything that you can share? Um, you know that 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 my, our clients could you know relate to. I I have one thing that I, I would like to share, and it's from a musician's 
point of view. So in my life, being a professional musician, particularly being a professional jazz musician, but it's in all forms of, of music, it's in classical music, jazz. Uh, I must have met a uh, hundred thousand musicians and uh, probably 60% of them get high regularly. Yes. Okay? Now, this is an interesting thing. Back in the old days of jazz, uh, heroin was considered uh, a drug, almost exclusively heroin. So a lot of jazz musicians would do heroin, get off of heroin, and say, I'm clean. But they snort a lot of cocaine. You understand what I'm saying? They snort a lot of cocaine, but they consider themselves clean because they're not on heroin. Okay. And it was socially acceptable then. And there's a lot of people that I know now who have stopped doing uh, uh, cocaine, but they do a lot of weed and it's uh, acceptable now socially. And they consider themselves clean because they don't do the uh, cocaine anymore, but they they smoke a lot of weed. I I just want to say, you got one chance now of getting your life back together. You got to get it together, period. You got to get it together all the way, all the way. Because if you start making exceptions, you'll you'll be like uh, my 340 pound friend who says, well, I'm not going to eat this, but I'm going to eat a whole lot of that. And he's still 340 pounds. You know, it just doesn't work like that. If you're going to do it, you got to do it and you got to make it a lifestyle. You got to say from now on, this is what I'm going to be. So when someone says, hey, man, smoke this, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. And you can't say, well, I'll do it on occasion, Christmas, wife's birthday. No, you got to change your life and you got to be strong enough to do it. You got to just do it. And you can do it. It's within every person who's born of a woman. He's got the strength to do it. You cannot be born if you don't have the strength. You know, you've gotten that from from the creator. You just have to utilize that and make sure that you understand that that is what you are going to be from now on. And you can do it. Like I said, I only eat three meals a week because I, 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 I feel healthy. When I eat three meals a week and I'm still running and I'm still practicing. Love it. But it's, it's my lifestyle. It. That's what I do. That's what I do. I eat my no. three meals a week and I enjoy it. Nolan, I'm I'm seriously right behind you. Uh, just a little plug in here. I had my uh, follow-up visit. My doctor said, everything looks great, but you're too skinny now. And I said, I took off my mask. It's a dog. Take a look at me. Do I look <laughs> <laughs> but I am following that of actually not eating as much, not fasting. Right. I can't do that. Right. I am eating less, Nolan. And That's what good. I eat, like oats, fruits, fish, you know, different things that are, you know, my body needs and I, I listen. Yes, yes. I listen. Good, good, good. Your body will tell you. Yes, the body will tell you. And I do check in. I make sure that I read peer review articles. I do check in with, you know, my nutritionist. 
But I love that. I'm right behind you. I'm not at that point, no, Linda, eating three meals a week. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was raised by my grandparents, bless their hearts, and my grandmother cooked like no other individual in the world. Where is she from? Uh, my, my, my mother's side of the family, my grandparents are actually from Agra, India. Ah, okay, cool. And all my aunties and my mother, even my Keith, if he's picked up, knows how to make Pakistani kima. It's out of sight. When we get together and it's safe, you, you, you will not be eating three meals a week with me. I digress. I digress. <laughs> yes, eating less and taking care of your body, not making excuses, lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. You hit those, I guess they're keywords, keywords we use at ADAP. Uh, yeah. I learned when uh, my president, dear Mike Watanabe, president and CEO, hired me 20 years ago, right after 9-11. These are all the words that he and the amazing staff at ADAP that I've learned. I've learned from them also through the clients, through the staff, through our um, uh, managers. And you hit it on the head, Nolan. Thank you so much. I hope thank they you. Thank you. And sponge this information, this great information that you're, you've uh, shared here today. Um, soon we, looks like it's so sad. I could go on with you, Nolan, for hours, but I want to keep this condensed here. Okay, um, okay. Uh, I have one other question, it looks like, from you. Two more, Nolan, real, please, not even quick. Tell us, what led you to utilize and even open yourself to your talents that you've shared that, in my words, they're miraculous. We have uh, clients who have tapped into their um, base energy and some who have it. And they are incredible, regardless that they're here for treatment. That is not to be judged. That's actually to be embraced. I want to know what you can share um, with them of how you utilize and open yourself to your talents. Nolan, please tell us. Okay, that's a, a great question too. First of all, I think, <laughs> and I think everything that I do is, is magical. I have no business doing anything. You know, playing the trumpet is is magical. It, it doesn't, it shouldn't have exist. I don't know how I can get together with Keith Fitmont. We don't have to say a word. We can just walk into a room and uh, start playing music. It would, it would be synchronized. We will know what the other person's doing. I, we can be blindfolded. Walk into a room uh, and, and start playing music as a lot of blind people are. And, and we can start doing stuff as magic. I mean, it's not supposed to exist. H.B. Uh, Barnum told me, he said, all of us musicians are geniuses. He said, because what we do is just not normal. We know thousands of songs, and we do. We know thousands of songs on the top of our head. We can improvise in any key. That's like speaking uh, 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 12 different languages, you know, and mastering them, you know. Uh, 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 I speak a little uh, Mandarin Chinese, but I don't speak it well. I also speak Kiswahili, uh, uh, you know, but there's, I speak all of the realm of, of music, you know, and it's, it's magical. It, it's just something that we do, and I can't explain it, and I don't understand it, but I do appreciate the fact that it's not coming from me. It's coming from a higher source. I don't even know if I'm worthy or eligible to really do this, but whatever it is, I feel very appreciative that uh, the higher source is allowing me to express myself this way. Running 
It's the same way. It, it's impossible. It, it, it's, it's impossible to 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 go out on the road and run uh, for a whole mile. I mean, you finish running a mile. It's like uh, for me now. It's like five minutes. Uh, that's to me. That's incredible. It, it's it's impossible. When I was younger, it was four minutes uh, and even faster. But it's magic. It's magic. So you have to be able to embrace the magic. And the only way you can embrace the magic is to embrace it with a clear head and a clear soul and a clear mind. Mm. So the magic is out there and it's out there for you. And once you clear yourself and once you get yourself all unpoisoned, you can see the magic. You can see the magic. Yeah. Yeah. And unfolds for you. And it's beautiful. It's more beautiful than you can ever imagine. But you have to clear yourself and then you can see that magic. And it's all magic. It's all magic. Nolan, I love that. I love that. Uh, You're making me transcend completely clear of any. I'm just transcending on your your words, on your eloquence, on your depth. Nolan, I'm in this zone. It is so... Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank for, you. Um, and the praise is due to the creator. Absolutely. 100%. And Nolan, you know, and I'm sure our listeners can hear this and see it, how I admire you. This is actually my first time sitting with you, talking with you, looking into your um, beautiful and gifted eyes, Nolan, as just um, almost like as you are my brother. And um, no wonder I've seen all your photos all over Facebook and Donna and all my, you know, all my sisters and brothers just loving on Nolan. I get it now. I get it, Keith. <laughs> um, so obviously, um, I truly look to you for direction, and I hope our listeners um, have the same have the same feeling uh, that we can also manifest all you've shared with us today. Um, it's almost going to be an hour. And um, I would like, uh, you know, as, as I think I had shared with you, we, ADAP, uh, I'll, I'll do credit to my amazing boss, Paulina Hong, and my CEO, Michael Atanabe, and the managers, Dean, and everyone um, who's part of this process for uh, running the LA Marathon every year. It's been for several years, Nolan. Um, uh, it's wonderful, not just the staff, uh, we're trying to recruit more, hoping we can get more outside runners, you know, within LA area, even, hey, outside San Diego, who knows, you know, you know. anything's possible, anything's possible. I want to ask you as a professional world-class athlete holding these records, Nolan, for the for only person over 40, my goodness, please, please share us. It can be, I don't know if you have 10 tips, three to at least three to five tips. Uh, for for someone, any of our runners that we have, or those who are thinking about training for the marathon, please give us some tips that would be good for us. Okay, first of all, the first tip, the most important tip, is you have to have a goal. Mm-hmm. And the goal for running a marathon, or any race, is a goal that is very reachable for you and for what you do. Yeah. So, like, you know, you, you won't uh, run a marathon and say, my goal is to be all the Kenyans in the marathon. That's not going to work. So you have to have a goal that is definitely reachable. Sometimes the goal is, I want to finish this marathon. 
Sometimes this goal is, I want to run this marathon without having to walk, which is a realistic goal. Uh, it means that you can run as slowly as you want to, but you just have to run, which is a very good goal. Uh, 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 sometimes your goal is to, if you're very competitive, is to be able to beat everyone who, um, who's uh, uh, in a wheelchair or, or whatever, a conventional wheelchair. You know? Sometimes there might be other things. When I first, my first race that I ever ran on the roads was a 10K. I was just having to go down to the Rose Bowl to walk and I saw people lining up to do a 10K. Mm-hmm. My goal, I didn't see too many black people. So my goal was to, to be the first black person and I wasn't. But my second race, I said, well, I just want to be the first black person. And I was. And then after about four or five races, I said, well, I want to be the first, I want to be all of the women in the race, you know, because there's a lot of women and a lot of them are like really, really fast. Very fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very fast. Yeah, yeah. So I decided I want to be all of the women, you know. So then I started uh, beating uh, all the women. Then it's like, uh, I want to be everybody in my age category. I think at that point I was in my... uh, uh, early 30s or late 20s, I think. When I, you know, I think it must have been my uh, early, it must be my uh, late 20s, and I mm-hmm. wanted everybody in my age category. When I did that, then I decided I want to win this thing, and that happened for for a couple of years. Then it was like age category. Then it was like women, you know. Now it's uh, it's like. Uh, I want to set a time for me and I want to beat that time. And that's my goal. So the first thing is you have to have a goal, you know, no matter what your goal is, you have to have a goal that you can set, that you can reach. Okay. Second of all, you got to be prepared for it. You got to be prepared. You should not jump into a marathon, really, unless you're just doing it for fun, unless you have run a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon. It's good to be prepared and get the right equipment. Get you some good shoes. Shoes, mm-hmm. they don't tell you this. Shoes only last 300 miles. I don't care if you're a six-year-old boy. I don't care if you're a, 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 a 200-pound woman. Your shoes are going to last 300 miles. Okay. Get you some good shoes so that you don't hurt your ankles and your knees and your and your feet. Okay. okay, so equipment is good. Okay, number three, be reasonable about what you're doing. If you are um, a little overweight, mm-hmm. be careful because you can build up muscle, but you cannot build up connective tissue. So when you were young and you say, I was great when I was young, I was doing that, but now I put on 20 or 30 pounds, fine. Your body cannot hold that 20 or 30 pounds. You have two things you can do. You can either slow down and build up to where your body can uh, function under that, or you can try to lose that weight. Either way, it's good. But you can't just get out there and decide that you're going to do this or do that unless you have prepared yourself uh, in that way. Number three, have fun. You cannot run a marathon or a 5K or a 10K or a mile unless you really enjoy it. You will burn out, you yes. will hate it, and then you will hate yourself, and then you will hate the way you look, 
then you hate everything else about yourself, and next thing you know, you're back in a slump. That's right. Keep it enjoyable, you know, keep it enjoyable. If you don't feel like going out this this day, don't go out. Stay home and eat, stay home, yeah. Yeah, eat, eat a brownie, whatever right. you gotta do. <laughs> but the next day, that you should be cool, go out, put the brownie down now, and go out there, put those shoes up, lace them up, and then go out there and do your run and keep it to let you're happy. And if you do those tips, you'll be successful. Wonderful, wow. Uh, no, and I took notes, okay, because I need I need these notes. And this is so, so helpful. Which shoes, which shoes do you like? Running I like shoes. Brooks. I like Brooks. It's the brand, yeah. Brooks are the only shoe that I know of that yeah, is yeah. green. That is green. In other words, it's not the color green, but the Brooks shoes are um, biodegradable. None of the other shoes are biodegradable. Okay. So you'll you'll have Nikes, and Nikes are good shoes, but you have Adidas and all those other shoes. They'll be here a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now. They'll be on the planet. Brooks will biodegrade, and I like Brooks for that. But, yeah. But they are still great, great shoes. So I don't want to, you know, like this, this endorse uh, a, a brand, but you asked, and I think everyone should know if you're interested in the environment and you're interested in running and being safe because they're very good for your feet, knees, and ankles, then I think books is good for you. If you don't care, then it, it, it's okay. You don't have to care. You know, it's okay. Where, uh, 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 whatever is good. One thing about shoes, running shoes, is that they don't make a bad shoe. The reason why, because it costs about four dollars to make any shoe, even the the three hundred dollars shoe, it costs about four dollars to make them. So uh, whatever shoe you buy mm. is going to be good, unless you have a bad problem with your feet. Then you have to have a certain shoe to uh, to uh, get rid of that problem. But uh, as right. brands are concerned, get what you like. But right. Brooks, for me, is the one that I, I, I do. Wow, cool, cool. No, I'm definitely, um, I'm due for another pair. I will probably, uh, yeah, this new endorsement. I'll probably uh, go for a pair of Brooks, uh, Nolan. Thank you so much. You got Nolan, it. You have, you have shared, uh, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with your positivity and your, your energy and um, your inspiration. And this has been such, uh, it's beyond a delight. It's beyond beautiful. Um, there's really, I don't know, no English word that I can tell you just how wonderful it's been to have you as our guest. Uh, Nolan, I'd like you to share with our listeners before we close the podcast, tell us how um, they can reach you. I definitely, uh, like you've been so kind to come on to our podcast again as, as my first uh, guest, um, really makes me feel so, so happy. Um, tell us about how people can reach you, Nolan, where they can find you. Please, I, I definitely want everyone to know that uh, okay, before, thank, before we leave. Thank you so much for asking that. That's, that's, that's very sweet of you. I, this is, uh, I've done interviews before, but this is by far my favorite interview because uh, you're, you're so sweet and you are very, very into the program that you're into. And I can see uh, in your face, in your eyes, that you really are serious about it. It's not just a gig, and you are a newscaster. You know, it's, this is something that you're serious about, and I'm serious about it too. And so I really appreciate that. So, uh, an easy way to get, get in 
in contact with me through my uh, uh, my email, which is Nolan Shaheed at hotmail.com. And that's N-O-L-A-N-S-H-A-H-E-E-D at hotmail.com. And that's the best way to uh, to, uh, to to get me. You can write me to 1260 Forest Avenue, Pasadena, California, 91103. And I have actually uh, a phone that you can actually call that uh, won't infringe upon my personal stuff. But if someone needs, uh, uh, something is important, if someone really needs help, then uh, please call at uh, my landline, which is 626-798-2979. And if you say that you're associated with the program, I would be more than happy to talk and uh, uh, even meet with you and uh, we can get stuff together. And, uh, and I, I appreciate this opportunity. I'm, I'm very happy about this. Nolan, thank you so much. Thank you again for opening your heart, opening, um, you know, really your soul to to all of our uh, um, um, readers and watchers and um, to our clients and to ADAP. Uh, we are really so fortunate to have you as our guest, Nolan, and I can't wait to uh, see you both, my husband and I, when it's, um, you know, much safer and I really look forward to that. And uh, dinner, lunch, breakfast, all on us. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Thank you very much. And uh, again, I appreciate it very much. It's a beautiful Thank day, you. and I feel beautiful. Nolan, you are. Thank you so Thank much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.